welcome to the Health and Fitness Frederick Podcast, where we discuss all things related to health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that you can actually understand. And it is hosted by yours truly, Dr. Matt Silver, Doctor of Physical Therapy, and founder of Alpha Project Physio and Performance. All right, guys, uh, welcome to another episode of the podcast and another guest on. We're having a lot of guests on recently. And uh, on the on, our guest today is Lauren Kramer. Did I say your name right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, she is a, a distance coach, uh, coaching um, people from who are just starting getting into running, um, right? 5Ks, 10Ks, all the way up to ultra marathons. And she has a long, a long resume of, of, of accolades she's been through. I, I can't even name all these. So she had a business card. I don't think they, I don't think they would fit on there. But anyway, uh, Lauren, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so uh, I was in- introduced to you uh, from uh, one of my patients. You said, "Hey, you're a great running coach." So I thought I'd love to have you on. So just tell everybody how did you get into being a, a trainer or being a, a running coach? Sure. Um... So I actually started as a personal trainer, um, but myself as a runner and a swimmer and an athlete, um, and really enjoyed the personal training side of things, helping people to, with a specific goal, work and achieve toward that goal. Um, And the deeper and deeper I got myself into the running community, the racing community, that personal training passion kind of evolved into running passion, run coaching passion, and evolving that into helping runners specifically and multi-sport athletes specifically with reaching their goals and figuring out the plan and the steps to get there. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. So it sounds like it, it was more, you started as a trainer, correct? Correct. So tell me, how did that, how did, how did you start uh, as a trainer? How'd that go? Um, <laughs> I loved it. Um, I actually majored in physical education to be a teacher. Yeah. A teacher. Yeah, um, yeah. And realized as a teacher, you know, you, have, you see so many hundreds of kids in a week that it's it's overwhelming a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's difficult to make a difference to really reach and impact someone. Um, so I was offered a job as a trainer out of college and okay. fell in love with it, working one-on-one nice. with people that you really can impact and make a change mm-hmm. and work together uh, yeah, nice. to reach toward goals. So that's that's what got me into training and fell in love with it and never looked back. Cool. So it, it sounds like you were like, hey, I went to school for this physical ed- education, but realize that not maybe what you thought it was and that the training part was more sounds like it was more one-on-one and more personalized and more i can spend more time with you to, to help you reach this goal yes exactly. which is awesome yeah I have, we have similar stories that, that's fantastic <laughs> but um, i don't want to talk too much about myself but that's i love how it's the and most people i have on here that's the same thing they're like i wanted to help somebody and then the route i originally chose kind of wasn't there right. and then i went this route and like oh i can help people one-on-one doing this and still make money and be, be good at what I do. And that, that's fantastic. So that's how, the key, right? Loving what you do. Yes. Waking up and saying, oh, I'm going to go do this thing I love and, right. <laughs> and not, oh, I'm going to do this thing. I, I Making work your passion, I think, is yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to do. And it sounds like you've done that, which is awesome. So, how did you transition from training to the, the running? Um, it really kind of happened organically, I guess, as, as my own running and, and racing and training was progressing. I had more and more, uh, both clients and friends who were asking for more of the running training side of it, more so than the personal training is very much in a, in a gym setting or a studio setting focused mm-hmm. on strength training. 
um, and a lot of the people I was working with wanted more outside of that. Have, can you put together a run plan for me? Can you help me train for this thing that I want to train for? Nice. Um, and it, it, certainly there is a piece of that that belongs in the gym and, and mm-hmm. belongs with strength work, but most of that belongs on the road um, and, and on your feet. So it kind of organically grew and grew as, uh, as time went on with more people wanting run coaching and seeing their friends getting that run coaching Uh, progressing and advancing reaching their goals and um yeah that's it's pretty much evolved just by word of mouth and uh nice people seeing their friends achieving things that they would like to take their own running to the next level so what that says when you word if if it's only word of mouth yeah that that means that you're good at what you do (laughs) so like you know there's no there's no fancy marketing strategy it's more of you work with somebody and they have a great result and then oh they tell their friend and it it grows from there and that's that is that's a good indication of your business you're you're doing the right thing you're doing something well which is awesome um but i know like i don't know too many running coaches in like uh in the the, the running the local running clubs like the frederick steeplechasers and uh, they have their running uh groups there like their half marathon group but i think having a, a private because that's i think that's more club sponsored which is they do a great job which is fantastic but i don't know too many kind of more private uh trainers in the area and i think you're the, really the only one I, I know of right it's it's a fairly new industry it's kind of come along with um technology and you know the internet is the way we communicate these yeah. days um, so it's kind of come along with that, that it used to be your, your running groups um, and they've got kind of a, a general training program, which is a great place to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're looking for more custom and individual, individually focused training, um, online run coaching has been, I want to say, um, maybe the past, probably less than a decade that it's really been growing. So it's um, been taken off since then? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you can find online run coaches with a Google search um, that live anywhere or, you know, all over the place. But um, our group is kind of, I I do coach people that are scattered all over the country, but Mm -hmm. the heart of our group is really based locally, you know, within maybe a hundred mile or so radius of Frederick. And you're in Hagerstown? I'm in Hagerstown. Gotcha. Um, Right off uh, I-70. You think? How did I get get here again? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but... uh, like I said, the most of my base is based in the Washington County area, nice. uh, Frederick County, and uh, D.C., Pennsylvania, kind of the whole yeah. quad state. Quad state. <laughs> quad state. <laughs> One more than tri-state. Yeah. Um, but th- that's that's pretty cool. That's and the I love. Do you think that um, COVID has expedited the online? coaching thing a little Very bit much so um i think that this industry is one not just for myself but for um online fitness in general really grew in COVID. and people have all this extra time they wanted to train people driven people wanted yeah. to fill their time and, and achieve goals so uh yeah definitely and it it keeps things safer obviously you know, sure yeah whole year that we're not supposed to gather and see each other you you can still get that coaching service and progress yourself on your own or you know in your own space in your own time so with the, yeah it's with, really grown over the past year and, the, and it's it's <laughs> crazy too because you're like oh my business has actually grown compared right. to which not you know i know a lot of businesses got hit hard but yeah. it's it's pretty cool when you're like oh my business actually grew during this time and and at, at this i mean to me running is there might be a running boom too like this last year and this year just right. because of it's the one sport you can kind of get away with, right? right. Yes, you can. Can't go to the gym, yeah, gyms are closed. Outside. What are you gonna do? Right. It's much safer outside, right? <laughs> right? There's, I mean, the, the air is just, it's ventilated, right? Just right. blowing blowing <laughs> coronavirus all over the place. You're probably not gonna get it. Right. And it's the one thing that people could do. And oh, the gyms are closed down. What do I? 
I guess you could buy stuff for your home, but the easy solution was just go out and run. And right. um, I think, I, and when I was uh, starting my business and still working at my old practice, it was a lot of, it turned into, I think I saw that people wanted to run and I saw a lot more injuries from runners uh, just from, it was a combination of the, all the increase in sitting and increase in these things. And then, Oh, I want to go do this, right. but like you've never done it before. So it's, all it was, it. it was a combination. I was like, why am I seeing so many runners with knee pain, low back pain? And I was like, Oh, probably sitting more plus running more, right. <laughs> not a good combination. Right. Well, and really in the past year, the number of people who took on epic challenges when, when we were at home, when we were on a true lockdown kind yeah. of status, um, you've got people running ultra marathons who, you know, they've got the, the Goggins challenge. The, the Goggins, four yes. Four by four by 48, uh, and, and there's a Yeti challenge that's a similar style. Oh, my gosh. Four by five by 24. Um, just you know, people taking on really cool things that are, but, you know, you've got to train for that. You've yes. Got to prepare for that. Can't just jump out and do the, I haven't heard of the Goggins challenge, but that dude is crazy. He's, he's crazy. I mean, I love his stuff, but he's like the king of do something hard every single day. Like yeah. by hard, I mean like the worst thing you could possibly think of right. for your workout. Like he's the king of that. But uh, so it, yeah, it sounds like people have just been motivated to get out there because I mean, yeah. if I'm stuck inside, especially with work, if I'm stuck instead of having to, because if you're actually traveling somewhere, you know, you get the, you get stimulated just from the environment of you sure. know, cars moving past you and, and stuff like that. But if you just wake up, go to your desk and work, are you just like, I want to do something and you can't go to the gym. So running, I think has been this great um, avenue that people have been exploring. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll have another running boom. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so. hopefully you get more, more clients. That'd be awesome. Um, so tell me about like, how many clients do you, do you have right now? Uh, right now I have, I want to say about 95, 96. Um, I tend to hold in that 90 to hundred range. Um, over a hundred. I feel like I start to, it's a little bit too much to give people the attention that I want to give them. Nice. Um, so right now in about about in the mid nineties, um, and like I said, we're we're kind of scattered all over the country, and and even you know in the mid Atlantic, we're a little bit spread out. So um, we have a, a group online. I call it the Run Squad, and it's nice. kind of our, our online community. Um, so we're we're a team. Every person is getting their own coaching toward their own goal on their own schedule with mm -hmm. their own fitness. Nice. But then we have this community of people who are all training toward something and, and being mm. coached towards something, reaching towards uh, something. I see. Yeah. Um, and especially in the past year, that that team feel within our group has really, really grown just online nice. and people supporting each other through crazy things and exciting yeah. things and, and hard times too. So it's, it's a really That's awesome. Group. I think yeah. that team aspect is something that a lot of runners might not focus too much on. Because, I mean, you can, it's a very solitary sport of right. going out and just running. And it's great. You get a good workout. You kick your butt. And you're, you're training for your half marathon, your t whatever it is, your 10K, your ultra. But a lot it, there can easily be that team component. And I think that's why, like, the Frederick Steeplechasers are so popular. Right. And, like, the Loudoun Roadrunners and the Ashburn Roadrunners and being part of a community. Um, but I love how you've, yes, you, you're able to give people this one-on-one -on -one coaching. But then say, hey, I'm also coaching 90 other people. Let's bring this together and... Right. Oh, you're all. It's awesome too because I think people can just easily find. Oh, you're also training for a five k. You're also right. training for an ultra. Let's let's meet up and as long as we're comfortable, obviously. But hey, let's meet up and, and train together. And yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, even sharing sharing the hard the hard parts of the struggle of it. Yes. You know, we're, we're just talking about being in the bulk of your training and in the peak of your training and how hard that is. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, knowing that somebody else, other people, not even somebody else, a group of people is, is in that same phase as you. And yeah. it's, it's normal and it's okay. <laughs> yes. and I'm going to survive. And... You're not crazy. Right. <laughs> yes. right. Misery loves company. Right? It, it does. <laughs> well, it validates too, because to like, I think even, because you're an entrepreneur, right? As myself of, yeah. uh, like it's starting something yourself. It can be very scary. And, and, and I'm in a group that's mentoring me and how to do this. And it's like, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm in a group with 90 other people. And they're like, yeah, I'm not crazy. I yeah. feel, you know, and there's these swings of highs and lows, and and right. some days you don't feel very, you feel like crap, <laughs> like right. just like with running. And it's it's good to have a community to say, oh, I'm not crazy. Everybody goes through this, and and yeah. that's, I think that's huge, just to keep people going and on their goals. And for me, I've noticed that even with running and 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 being a business owner, just having a group of people to help you out, that's that's huge. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I know you coach people. So you coach people from they're just totally new mm-hmm. to experienced, right? Mm-hmm. So people doing five Ks all the way to like JFK and all that stuff. Two hundred milers. Two hundred. Oh, 200 my God. Milers that's now. like David Goggins stuff right there. It, it is. Uh, it's very cool, uh, but it's it's new. It's different. It's hard. Uh, but yeah. What, yeah so where are those races? Um, so the I have a runner doing one this year that's called the Tahoe Two Hundred. Okay. Um, in September. That's obviously it's a uh, the Tahoe Rim Trail runs around Lake Tahoe on all the mountains and oh, cool. valleys. Wow! Um, I had a runner last year who was training for the Bigfoot 200, which is in Washington State, runs around uh, Mount St. Helens. And COVID, the race got canceled. Mm-hmm. He'd invested all this training. And it was COVID, <sighs> so he decided he was going to go out and do it himself. Uh, <laughs> how so how'd it go? It was interesting. It was hard. He did mm-hmm. it. He succeeded. It was awesome. Uh, he ended up running. The entire CNO Canal is 184 miles. So mm-hmm. he oh started, what would that be, uh, 20 miles above the CNO Canal on the Gap mm. Trail. Okay. And then ran down, started at the end of the CNO Canal and ran all the way down to DC. He got into DC. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it was a huge undertaking. It was cool for our team because it was local. So we had uh, teammates set up along the mm. way to do aid stations. Aid stations. with him through the night. Yeah. And, uh, How long did it take yeah. him? A couple uh, days. It was just under five days, so it's wow. four, four and some change. It's crazy. And, yeah, it's a lot of running for five days in it's a row. A lot, yeah. And how? So like, that's something I'm not very versed in. Is like, like I know how to treat distance runners, but the ultra stuff of like the, all the intricate components of when do you sleep, when do you eat, right. what do you eat, how do you like, when do you take uh, electrolytes? Like that is like for, a little bit foreign to me. So like, how did like how does it, could you speak to kind of how that goes? Um, it's really. Running in general is different for every person, right? It, it, based on your experience and your age and the weather and the race that you're yeah. doing, ultra running just really amplifies that. That you know, every race that you do, every distance you do, is completely different. Okay. Um, it age makes a big difference. Weather makes a big difference because you know, like you said, the electrolytes, hydration, fuel, all of that sort of thing. So, um, and a lot of it's really new. You know, ultra running is becoming this big popular sport, but it's still pretty new in terms of. Uh, training and the experience that people have and the science that's behind the training. Um, so for something like a 200 miler, that's something that we're kind of figuring out as we go with the train, how the training yeah, works sure. and uh, a lot of practice in the fueling and the sleep and all that stuff along the way. Um, so those athletes that train for that, I actually have them train, uh, I don't want to say train and sleep deprivation, but have them do at least one run where they're practicing, you know, you get an hour or two of sleep and then you got to get up and go and figure oh, out. Yeah. What do you need to eat? What do you need to drink to get yourself from sleep to out the door and moving again? Um, 
So yeah, it's a little bit different with each person, but through the training cycle, we test and we try all of those things in, in different conditions and at different distances. So by the time we get to race day, you pretty well have it dialed in. You know how to run when you're exhausted. <laughs> yeah, so the, the crazy challenges like the Goggins challenge and the 24-hour challenge, those mm-hmm. were actually really helpful in training for this 200-miler. Oh, you're just... you've got to go out and run, and then you get you know maybe an hour to sleep before you've got to get up and get ready for your next run. So you've, you're training in the the non-running aspects of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really helpful, too, for uh, for the runner that did it last year, that he kind of knew how to sleep, get himself up, and go again. That's um, crazy. Yeah. the Because the, <laughs> I value my sleep, because I know, right, so you want to get your eight hours of sleep and stuff right. like that. But uh, that's, that's a whole other side that I think a lot of runners just, not really many people focus on the mental fortitude. I think that, yes, a marathon requires that and a half marathon does, but just like an ultra, I mean, ultra is a broad term, right? From anything right. above a marathon, the 26.2, where it's <laughs> that sleep component. Once you get to uh, what, 100 miles, right? Is uh, when you have to, yeah, once what's so that? usually 50 miles you can usually do in a day in daylight or uh, even you might go into the dark toward the end of your race. But mm-hmm. yeah, once you're getting up to 100K, depending on the course and the person, um, yeah. and, and above that, you're talking about running into the night and, and being more, tired. More than, <laughs> yeah, more than 24 hours. And day. having to, so how do they sleep? Is it more that they have a station they just kind of hang out on the side of the road? And... So usually it depends again on the distance. If you're doing 100 miles, um, you're probably not going to sleep. You're okay. going to keep going. Uh, go through run, it. Yeah, running straight through the night, and then you know by the time morning comes again, as soon as that sun comes up, you get another burst of energy, and then you're almost there. You don't want to stop. It's just the sunlight. It wakes you <laughs> right? up. Keep going. Yeah. Um, for, for the longer distances, it's usually you know a couple hours at a time, two or three hours at a time. Um, you've got to... For my client who did it himself, he had uh, his, his daughter and his sister drive along the route, and he would just sleep in the car on the side of the trail. Oh, there you go. Yeah, a couple hours. In a, in a race, they actually, those mega distance races, um, they have sleeping tents set up. So you come into an aid station and they've got, you know, 12 cots laid out and you pick a cot yeah. and sleep for <laughs> however long you, you need to. And yeah. then Local hostel. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> wow. Yeah, in a tent. I didn't realize how expensive they were. Yeah. Like I, I'm seeing somebody right now who she is... Um, she has some that she's already signed up for. She doesn't want to have to cancel them. And I'm like, well, how much did it cost? She's like, oh, like fifteen hundred. I'm like, fifteen hundred dollars for an ultra. I was like, holy cow, it's a lot of money. Yeah, but it depends. You know, there's some cheap stuff out there too. It, you you get what you pay for. Oh so, sure, that's yeah. exactly it, right? If the fifteen hundred bucks is going to be your food, the, right. the cot, right? The the sleeping stations and right, right the okay, manpower stuff for you. Yeah, the, stop, stop, stop. the manpower that's involved in right. all that over a two hundred mile race. That's a lot of ground that you have to cover and be. Right. Uh, they have to be pre- prepared for and, and just be aware of. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, tell me about what are some common uh, issues you see with so- like somebody who's new to running. What is what is a common thing you have to do to say, hey, focus on this, focus on that. Like, what's something that you typically have to work on with someone who's new? Uh, running form for sure is, is the biggest thing. It's it's such a repetitive sport, especially if you're running on the road. Trails gives you a little bit more variety, but most people are not beginning on the trails. They're beginning mm-hmm. from their house, from their front door. Um, and it's such a repetitive sport that if you're not in good form, you're going to get hurt. Um, and as adults, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time sitting and, yep. and 
your form changes, your your body changes. Most kids, if you go watch them run, and you know this, I'm sure, they have perfect, beautiful running form, and, yep. and we lose that over time as we become more and more sedentary. Yes. So when an adult is coming from the couch to the road, um, that's probably the biggest thing is, is looking at their form um, and, and strengthening any of those areas that have been, been lacking when they haven't been moving nice. or have been moving in a different way. So That is yeah. right on my alley. Yeah, I, I like see it on your Instagram. <laughs> I um, like it. A lot of the, the form videos that you've been nice. doing, I've been, I've been watching those you posted. At least somebody watches them. I'm like, does anybody <laughs> actually like watch this stuff? Like, I get some likes and views, and I'm like, yeah. people actually like watch the whole thing, but I appreciate I'm it. I'm bad about liking stuff. But <laughs> if you see a view, it's, it might be me. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, they don't, I, they're just, just like, oh, random people are watching this. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love how you said, you fact, you focus on the running form, because that is, it's the same thing as a pitcher, with their elbow like, oh, I'm just gonna throw my elbow down, right? It's the same exact thing, and if you do that, if you're throwing 90 miles an hour right. all the time with your elbow down, that's why they say get your elbow up, right? Like, <laughs> there's a reason why they say that, uh, because it's gonna help you not throw your elbow out and have to get Tommy John surgery. It's gonna help you not throw your shoulder out if you just move the right way. And I think that is something that a beginner runner, and I, I've only had a couple a couple patients that I've seen that were beginner runners, and like, hey, I just, I just don't wanna mess this up, and I'm like, right. Dude, that's perfect. Like most people I see have already messed it up, and we got to go back yeah, and fix undo, it. Right? We have to undo everything. Um, so that is such a key component in running. And um, just big piggybacking off of what you said about when somebody like when they're like, you're like four or five years old and six, you just have perfect running form. It's the same thing with a squat, right? right? I mean, you've watched a two or three year old squat. I'm like, oh my god, it's perfect. <laughs> like this is awesome. And then what happens? And I, I I think this is more of a theory, but I, I think I'm right. As we are put in shoes that have like large heel lifts in them, right? Like sure. dress shoes, like that is a lot of heel lift. Yes. <laughs> not that you can never wear a dress shoe, but just be aware that like that is not right. There's a reason why we were, we were not born with a heel lift, right? right? We're born with the way that we were born, with a, a heel bone, a calcaneus, and that's the way our foot is formed. Um, what I think is happening is when we're put in these crappy metal chairs, right? When you are when you start school, you're sitting all the time yeah. and, we'll ha- and, and and you're growing. It's not just right when you're an adult right. and you sit and you're like, okay, you know, my, my joint gets tight or my hip flexor gets tight, that's fine. And my, my glute turns off, okay, we can fix those things. But when you're growing and you're sitting all the time, like that is horrible. And then actually, I, I think if you did, I'm sure there's a study out there, but I'm pretty sure if you did a study on gait and running form from the before first grade and preschool and then at, uh, maybe eighth grade or sixth grade to, to high school, you would probably see a change in running form because of all these. And it wouldn't happen quick. These are slow. I mean, years and years over time it happens. But I guarantee you would see changes in running form uh, and and aches and pains and, and it's it's rampant too. Like low back pain. Like yes. <laughs> like we're sitting right now. I know you had to sit in the car to get here, and I'd suck it up because I'm like, yeah, I, I I have to do that. But like I don't even sit when I'm working here. I'd sit I sit crisscross, and there's a I'm not going to get into that, but essentially when you sit with your legs crossed over, it creates a lot of rotation and just, you can create more stability in the back. Like you're doing yoga, like, oh, I'm in lotus position, uh, but I can rant and rave about it all day, but that, yes, um, working on form and mobility and just getting somebody back to that, yes. right? Because if you, if you have horrible running form, I'm sure you can attest to this, somebody who's new, they can probably get away with it for a little bit, right. but it will catch up, especially when you start running faster, doing right. workouts, and that's when you're going to start having the issues of, oh, I need to change the way I'm moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. They'll end up in your office. Yes. <laughs> Sooner and I'm like, or later. And, and that's the struggle too of, um, like I, I had made a video on Instagram and YouTube a couple weeks ago about like what actually causes an injury. 
and like an injury I, to me it's a definition of hey you can't do your sport right and running you can't run anymore because your knee hurts so bad and then an incidence would be oh i have knee pain i can still run but i have knee pain and then before that this is what causes it is an incomplete mechanics of your running form right it's if you're not running the right way if you're not squatting the right way if you do it enough and load up your squat or if you run fast enough then you're going to have the issues um, so we go back to that Running form is huge, guys. <laughs> so we need to run the right way. Um, but I just wanted a quick touch on just the importance of, of running form. <laughs> um, so tell me about kind of your running career. So when did you start running? Um, I started running in college, not for my college. Um, but I, I was a swimmer all the way through high school and was burned out uh, by the time I got to college. So uh, I don't sit still very well, I guess. <laughs> yes. So if I wasn't going to be swimming, um, I started, I did a little bit of triathlon in high school. I, I carried that into college and did a little more triathlon in college. Nice. And then, uh, you know, running is free and it's easy <laughs> yes. when yes. you're a broke college student. Yep. So uh, yeah, running really kind of took over and I, I just, I love it. It's, I don't want to say it's, it's easy to run, but it's um, easy to get out and go. So yeah, I, just yeah, to get started, I right? To it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, I think I think a lot of people fall into that of um, you start it and you're like, oh, this is cool. And then you're like, oh, I feel so great. Like maybe it sucks during the run, but yeah, oh, I feel after. so great afterwards. You're like, <laughs> and then you're just addicted to running for the rest yeah. of your life. Um, Close. But awesome. So I do you treat any triathletes or is it mostly just, or not treat, sorry, do you coach any triathletes? A few, yeah. Um, running is really the core um, of what I do, but I do, I have a, a good extensive history in swim, swimming and swim coaching as well. Um, less of an expert in cycling. So a lot of the triathlete coaching, triathlon coaching that I do is really focused on those two, the run and the swim, mm -hmm. and then programming in the bike in a way, the cycling workouts in a way that makes sense, that fits with the other components. So gotcha. scheduling all three of those sports in a way that makes sense for all three of those sports and your yes. total accumulation of, of miles and training. And yeah, so I've got um, I have coached a couple Ironman triathletes. I've got several half Ironman triathletes this season. Nice. Um, and, and the sprints are certainly super popular as well. Yeah. So um, a handful of those. But, but like I said, running is really the, the bulk of it. It's a whole different world, Tri triathlons and Ironmans. And it's interesting. You do a marathon and, oh, by the way, you got to swim. Is it a, what is it, a two miles swim for an Ironman? Yeah, it's just over two. And then uh, how long is the bike? The bike is 112, 100. and then you've got a marathon. So yeah, it's a it's a huge undertaking. I mean, think of you know the investment that you put into training for a marathon. Mm -hmm. That's just a third of what you. <laughs> yes. It's a huge. Undertaking. Literally a third, and yeah. I'm treating one guy now where I'm like he's talking about the brick workouts, right? Where you you run and you bike and then you mm -hmm. you you, you, you kind of do like a a dual workout. Right. Um, I'm like, okay, he's running ten miles, and then he's biking 20, 30. I'm like, holy cow! It's a lot of time. <laughs> it's a lot of time. Yes. Yeah. Um. So if you don't have any time freedom, triathlons <laughs> might yeah. not might not be for you. Um, right. But it's 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 interesting too because I'm like, what would I rather would I rather do a ultra like a 200 miler or would I rather do <laughs> train for an Ironman? I'm like, both are probably a huge time commitment. They're both super hard, um, but I will tell you, I have had my own athletes tell me that uh, ultras are harder because you're not getting the variety. When mm. you're in an Ironman, you know, mm -hmm. it's, the volume of time that you're moving is about the same. But you get that transition. You get to change up the way your muscles are moving. You get yep. to change up the posture of your body and the way you're holding yourself. Um, when you're ultra running, you are just 
plowing forward for <laughs> 12 hours, you get to actually, hours. You get to actually use your arms in the yeah. swim and probably give your... Because you start with the right. swim, correct? You yes. start with the swim, so you probably... I don't know if that's a strategy, but I would say I'm going to use my arms a it lot is. during the swim it and is. get my legs, yeah, kind of hang out and do their thing. Yeah. <laughs> do their Let thing. them relax a little bit. They're yes. warming up. And then, yeah. Um, what are some common injuries that you see? Like if you have somebody to flare something up, like, hey, like, what are some common things you see in, in runners? Um, shin splints are really common, um, especially in beginning runners. And you, know, you touched on shoes before. A lot of times it, it starts with the shoes or comes um. from shoes. Gotcha. You know better yes. than I do. Not always. Yes. Um, but that's one of the first things we look at. Uh, IT band is another really, really common mm, one. Gotcha. Um, and I see a lot of people treating that in, in, I want to say not the right way, but not the best way. Just rolling out. Oh, I'm just going to roll my IT rolling band. Rolling all out the IT band. Right. <laughs> this is going to solve it. No, it's not. Right. It's not going to solve it. Um, it. Those are probably the two biggest ones. Um, every now and then, uh, people get some foot things. Um, you know, Obviously, you're spending all that time on your feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, hips, everything comes from the hips, right? So oh, yeah, that's, that's huge. Yeah, and, and carries all the way down. So, um, yeah, shins shins and hips are probably <laughs> the biggest things. And, and then I can relate to the shins because I, I volunteered to coach at for the Loudoun Valley High School cross-country team when I was I was still working at my old job in Percival, Virginia. And um, this little fact, they were two-time, boys team was two-time national champion. So I was like, I really want to learn from these coaches, and and it was the hunters were fantastic. I loved them as coaches, uh, but what I would do is I would go there, set my table up. I was like, oh, what about my table? And I would just see some kids for free, and and they were really cool about it, and it was awesome. But the amount of shin splints I saw in the <laughs> adolescent population, I would say especially crazy. In yeah. It was absolutely crazy, and I'm like, I'm trying to, I I I I know why. It's a lot of them. Their ankles were really really tight. Um, just didn't know how to run. Well, the hunters did a good job of it was. They did a good job with the running form, but sometimes kids sometimes just don't listen listen very well. And it takes. I mean, I'm sure you probably have the same thing of some people. Oh, I'm just, yeah, you tell them something, and they just kind of like brush you off, and then you get an injury, and they're like, I kind of, I told you so, and they're like, oh, now I'll change it. I'm like, yeah, it's a little late, but okay, <laughs> you already flared it up. Um, so it just it was so it was a great experience just to see it was that and actually actually ankle sprains just because a lot of the times it was cross country, so they're just running on some pre- precarious surfaces and all of a sudden there's a random rock or hole or root and then they and I'm like that sucked yeah. <laughs> but and those are accidents you can't even yes you yeah can, that, you it, can strengthen the ankles that's you know there's a lot you can do there but it's hard when it's like grass and there's a hole you don't see you just yeah. so that, that that was the part that was frustrating but so many shin splints and I'm like <laughs> it's probably the number one thing I I, I it's more of because sometimes people, they can get away with just doing some basic stuff like, okay, if you roll out, if you strengthen some stuff and mobilize, you're probably going to be good. It's more of do they know what to do. And right. a lot of times I think people just kind of run through it and sometimes it goes away, sometimes it doesn't. Right. Uh, but that's something I, I can agree with that I, I saw a lot of shin splints yeah. um, just in runners. and Something that, that um, you talked about running form, and right? We had a whole rant about it. But something that I do that many other clinicians don't do is actually assess somebody's gait. And it... And when they when you go to the Charm City Run store and Potomac River Running store, they do a great job of looking at one part, and that's that's the ankle, right? So that's very very important. If the ankle is doing something crazy, the shoe may be a great uh, solution, may be a possible solution to that that issue to that problem. Uh, but there's yes, there's so much stuff that else, and then it's right. They do a great job with that, but there's so much else going on. And do you know anybody else that does gait assessments? Um. Not not as thoroughly as 
going to a PT who's looking at the whole system and, and not just the feet, or not just trying to sell you some shoes. Sometimes <laughs> I feel it, it's good to go and test out shoes and have somebody take a look at the way that you're striking and that sort oh, yeah. of thing. But, yes. um, there's always a little bit of wariness, I guess, when someone's trying to sell you, sell you something at the same time. Yep. Um, so I do know one other at uh, Two Rivers Treads. They do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Is it Kukuzela? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. I've heard some um, great things about him. Hit or miss on, on who may be in the store at the time. <laughs> Mark's there. You're good to go. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, you're, you're probably one of the only. Um, I, I do it myself as well, probably not as thoroughly as you do, just for the amount of time that you have to, to see somebody. Sure. But, um, yeah. You're one of the only that'll really take it and break it down. And like I said, I see your Instagram videos yes. where you've got the angles and the, <laughs> I this tried. Is what an overstride is and the heel strike. Yep. Do you see the one where I had, I was meeting high school running and I had my foot like. So I saw it posted, but yes. I didn't actually listen to, to hear what you were talking about. Gotcha. But. I got to put like, cause I'm learning like how to like post things and do them the right way. So you have to put like sound on so people know to listen to it. So they're right. just like, oh, it's a picture. Scroll by, <laughs> scroll right. by. And that was one of my favorites because. The guy, it's it's perfect because I could never beat the, the kid next to me. I could never beat him in the mile. That was a mile race. And if you look at my foot, I mean, it is like really towed out. Yeah. Um, and my, I'm in mid stance, which is like, my knee is, the knee's actually not, it looks better than it is, but okay. my hip, it's really hard to tell. My hip's dropped and it's actually like, my upper body's like this. And so this is, all of that occurred. Basically, I was landing with my foot turned out. Mm-hmm. Yes, some overpronation probably, but because of that, my knee, my knee, my hip was rotated. My hip, my hip dropped, and then it, right. this happened. So my head was like tilted. My shoulder dropped. And it's all because of my foot placement. Yeah. Could a shoe correct that? Might help. Learn how the right. There was def, there was a mobility issue I had because right. I, I when I got out of college, I was all jacked up. Like I was so tight everywhere. So it's the important. The important. Basically, what I'm getting at is. Uh, the purpose of the gait assessment, and we talked about how to run the right way, and this can be done with squat form too. I can, I do this all the time. I slow, I record somebody squatting, and say, how does it look? And we can say we can change things up and, and load up and put some weight on it. But it's so important with running because you do it right so often, thousands and thousands of steps that if something's off, and in my case, my foot was <laughs> so turned out, it can cause a cascade of things up the system and even down the system too. Like, let's say you're not extending back and then your shoulder drops this way. Many people don't take into account the shoulder has a very big relationship with the glutes. So your latissimus dorsi muscle on one side, there's a cross relationship with the glutes. And if you're rounded forward here and you try and bring your shoulder back, it's going to turn that glute off. So if you're not, if you're like this running this way, that you're going to be losing so much force generation um, through your, through your hips, through your glutes. So there's so much that goes into it. And just having a thorough gait assessment it's something when I was trained in this my mentors were like we believe everybody should have one and I'm under the same belief of you should have a gait assessment yeah once well maybe not once a year but I would I, I would recommend once a year just because things can change and sure. when you get mobility issues you <laughs> the, the gait's going to change as well but I think everybody should at least have a gait assessment and say hey this is where we started and this is where we're uh, we're going to head. We're go- this is where we want to be, and then doing another one later on, and saying, "Hey," because I, I just did one with with uh, a patient, one that you sent me. We did one today, and I'm like, "She actually she looked pretty good. She was pretty good, but just a little bit of overstepping." I'm like, "Oh, we can change this. It's gonna because she's doing um like a, I don't know what she's doing like a she's doing a 50k." And I'm like, "That is if you're just doing a 5k, you can get away with having some not so perfect position, right? If you're getting into running and you're new." Just run, have fun. But if you know you want to take it the next step, then you the gait assessment's really gonna help you out. And I'm like, if in her, it was just off a little bit. If we can optimize that and get you moving better, that's gonna be to be huge. Well, it also 
also, especially when you're talking about adults, it takes time. You're not just going to change your gait in a session. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a habit that you've developed. It's going to take time for you to retrain yourself. Once yeah. you go out and you run every day. But then, you know, over time, it's, I think check-ins are a great way to come and have it reevaluated regularly because, yeah. like you said, it's, it doesn't just stick and take <laughs> the first time. It yeah. takes time. It takes a while. Well, think about a major league pitcher. They are constantly getting watched by a coach. And right there, there's constantly saying, right, if they don't practice, they're going to lose it. And they're right they're, they're just not going to be able to throw that curveball or their elbow might drop. That's just a common example. Maybe they need a better uh, push off from the mound or something. And their coaches, and I'm sure they probably have some kind of a, a, a assessment that they do visually or they probably slow it down too. But that's what I'm talking about is those guys, right, they have right they're this multi-million dollar right, group, the MLB, right. that they can hire people to do that for them um, and just – paying a little bit of money on your own to have a gait assessment or have somebody that specializes in that, right. it's, just, it's it's an investment in your health. I'm like, yes, does it cost more than a traditional, uh, kind of going to a traditional in-network practitioner? Sure, but it's an investment in your health to move better, move the right way, and that way you can continue to enjoy what you love doing. Yeah, absolutely. I just love that baseball example because people are like, <laughs> oh, why do I want to? I just run. I'm like, would you throw a baseball? 70 miles an hour with your elbow down here, maybe like... I know nothing about baseball, so I trust that that's the correct yes. way to pitch, but you can tell me well, something like, I don't know any. There is like pitchers that do you know sidearm and submarine stuff, but generally what I'm saying is, I'm sure there's a right way to go sidearm and, and that, but it's it's just, there, that's a lot of stress on the elbow. I, I don't recommend it, but um, uh, but yes, gait assessments are huge. Um, so when you do a gait assessment... So do so do kind of do you include that when you have new clients? Hey, let me just look at your run, and we'll see how it's how it's. Moving. Yeah. So everyone that I that's currently on a coaching membership, um, we can do unlimited running form assessment. Oh, sweet. Um, you know, everybody has a cell phone now. It's really easy yep. to use your own cell phone to video record yourself, even if I don't see them in person, uh, especially in COVID. I don't I don't see people in person as often. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you set up your cell phone camera, and you've got slow mo, which is a great <laughs> yes. tool. Yes. Yes. Um, so that's that's how we do most of it, and it's just you know any time that either if there's an issue coming up, that's one of the first things we do is let's talk about your shoes, let's take a look at yes. your running form. Yeah, um, that's awesome. But you know via video, they can take a quick video on their next workout of themselves running by, shoot it over to me, and mm-hmm. we can take a look as often as we need to. That's um, awesome. Again, you know just for the way that I do it via cell phone and video and that sort of thing, probably not quite as thorough <laughs> as what you're doing. Um, but it's you know convenient, quick, and we can check in as often as we need to along the way. And so. then, and I love how you say like the fact that you're doing that. Like when I because I do a lot of workshops and I work with a lot of trainers and like you guys are the first line of defense, mm-hmm. right? Like if you know how to do a gait assessment, like that's huge. Like yes, do I do more stuff? Do I look at more things? Sure, probably. But if you can try and hit the nail on the head and take care of it first and right. optimize things there. That's awesome. And then if you're like, okay, no, okay, this still giving you issues, and then it's time to say take the next step and say, okay, maybe go see Matt or see a practitioner that specializes in this. But I love how you're you're doing that because when I mobility is something I do a lot of when I work with CrossFit athletes and runners. Apparently, hamstrings are a big issue with runners. Like every time I I test somebody's hamstring, it's like oh, the tightest thing in the world, and I'm like, this is why you have pain. Mobility is the right word though, too. That that you're using there. So many people are trying to stretch their hamstrings and stretch their hamstrings Mm. after they've been sitting all day in their desk chair. Yes. Uh, Mobility is the goal, and that's that's huge too. Uh, Exactly. So like flexibility and range of motion are completely different than mobility. Mobility, there's that is an active component of you being able to move through that. 
So I, I love how you said sitting because if I'm like right now I'm sitting on a stool and sitting for let's say if we're in our car, um, if you sit for an hour, think about your nail bed here. If you push on it, you, you stop the blood flow and then it comes back. But if you do that for like an hour, it's not gonna feel too good on your thumb, right? right? So the muscle, the hamstrings, the glutes start to turn into, they, they get dehydrated. Essentially, they turn into beef jerky. So, so you have beef jerky yes. for a glute yeah, or a hamstring and it's locked up and stretching. Try and pull that beef jerky apart. It's not really going to work. Right. Um, yes, you probably have to stretch it a little bit. But what you need to do is, I mean, dry needling is an option for this or the Theragun, right, percussion therapy. But what I, what I show people how to do is how to release themselves of take a lacrosse ball or the roller sometimes. Kind of a pool toy, in my opinion. It's a little soft, but something harder. And my, when I see cross athletes, I'm like, yeah, we're going to use that barbell and the kettlebell. Get, you have to get in there and actually right, break up the scar tissue, break up the adhesions. You're improving blood flow. That's why it doesn't feel good. You're causing some inflammation, and that's actually the first stage of healing. Yes. So if you, that's why it doesn't feel too hot when you do it, but it's needed to do that. And, and patients are like, oh, this sucks. Do I have to do this? I'm like, Two minutes. Yes, you you have to do this. So, um, and I think I loved how we brought that up. And 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 my I like to use um, I, I call it the three core pillars. And this can be broken down. And I've 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 learned so many different models of like what makes a runner a good runner. And a lot of it on the clinical side, it's a little bit too wordy. And the don't, the average runner just wouldn't really understand it very much. Um, but the three core pillars, in my opinion, are strength, mobility, and, and your skill. So skill is just your running form. Mobility is can you move through this motion actively, right? And it's your tissue quality. It's um, right, scar tissue-wise. Is it muscle length? The joint capsule itself. There's so much that goes into it that people don't realize. And then your strength, which can be further broken down. into, And also, contrary to popular belief, running doesn't make you stronger. You you have to have some kind of right, some, like doing deadlifts and doing right squats. Like you don't have to go crazy and start doing clean and jerks. That would be cool. And cleaning something, I think, has a benefit for runners. But just a simple learning how to deadlift and squat sure. is very, very important. Or just doing like calf raises. Strength training, supplementary strength training is huge, um, and that can be broken further down into like loading progressions. But just if you can just optimize these three things: your strength, your mobility, and your skill. It's very simple, and we can make it more complicated if we have to, but those three things, you're going to be the 80-year-old who's running right the Boston Marathon and is able to do that and have longevity. And if you could just do these three things, right. it sounds easy, it's not, but it sounds it, it makes it very simple for people so, to understand yeah. rather than a lot of the models that I've learned of. There's all these other... There's yes, there's other things going on, right? How hydrated are you? How much sleep are you getting? Are you doing... Are you... Uh, actually doing some loading progressions of working on like the box jumps and stuff like that. But just these three things, if we can do these, you're going to be a pretty successful runner <laughs> and we can add on things afterwards. Um, but awesome. Um, do you have any other questions I have for you? <laughs> any questions for me? I don't think so. I think kind of in the course of discussion that, uh, well, we had a lot of I had a lot of questions for you over the phone. The first <laughs> yes. time that we talked. Yes. Uh, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> but, Why are you seeing my client? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that your uh, your philosophy is very very similar to mine, and I like hearing a lot of the way that you approach, the way that you treat people, um, and and the goal of keeping people moving forward and and longevity, like you just said. Nice. Um, yeah. So 
And I know how frustrating it can be too when, because I know you've, you've found a therapist in, in Hagerstown that you've had very great success with, but I know how frustrating it can be because I was on the clinician side of this, of uh, having an athlete and then they have a trainer or a coach and just not really being able to communicate very well. Yeah. And and on the insurance-based model, it's just, there's really no motivation for me to, to, it's just, I'm seeing so many people at once I can't give people that one-on-one care. I, I just, I just didn't have the time or the or the energy to want to actually reach out to people and, and learn about them. Maybe other other therapists do, and that's great. But being um, not cash-based, but being somebody who's out of network with insurance companies and can give people that one-on-one care, I just, I, I care. <laughs> First of all, I, the give a shit rule is what I call it. Like I care, I care enough to reach out to you and say, hey, I would love to meet your trainer and coach. And just know to keep you in the loop on how your client's doing, right? And I think that's yeah. huge, just from your standpoint as well. It really is. It, it, we had talked on the phone last week. There's a language that you communicate in, right? And, mm-hmm. and sometimes, not always, sometimes that line of communication gets lost between uh, PT, runner, and coach. Um, so I'll get feedback from a runner coming from their PT, but it's you know been down the phone line right? yes. and, and sometimes it doesn't always make sense or I'm kind of confused about their PT's, PT's uh, perspective mm-hmm. um, so it, to have that direct line of communication is is excellent we kind of speak the same language I can yeah. understand in a quick phone call what it is that you're seeing and how we can adjust and adapt training based on what you see especially you know, my business is so online based that you know even runners who are local I don't see them every day or every week even you know I might see yeah. them once a month maybe less uh, depending on schedules and, and long runs and stuff mm-hmm. um, so when you actually have them in your office and you see them and you have your hands on them and then yeah. you can relay that to to me that makes a huge difference so awesome yeah. and and I think that that's that was my goal of when I started my, my business was I want to change the way that therapy I don't even, I, yes, I'm a physical therapist, but I call myself a physiotherapist because I think it's combining my knowledge of physical therapy with treating distance runners, mobility, CrossFit athletes, and combining all that together, it's, I'm more than just a physical therapist. And I think once people realize, it's, it's my uphill battle is people are like, oh, well, you're a physical therapist, take insurance, why don't you do that? And I'm like, because I, I do things differently because I actually, I want to get you better long-term. Not that you can't get that with insurance, but it's much more difficult when you just can't give people that one-on-one care that I, I know that there's, I, it's funny too, because when I started, I was like, oh my God, there's like 15 other PT practices in Frederick. Am I going to be able to do this? Nobody is doing this. Like there's, there's not really many practitioners that are giving people this one-on-one care. Even there's so many areas that get close to that, but they can't give the care that, that someone like myself can give them. And the people that I've worked with, I think they're starting to realize that they're like, oh man, he does he does this thing that's different. Not to talk about myself too much, but the reason why I want to do this is because it's it's something that's newer, and I want people to realize that there's another option besides a traditional in-network physical therapy or practitioners. Because most people I see, they've been burned by that. They've gone to it and they just didn't like the treatment. They just didn't. They just they didn't get better in, in the results they wanted to. Where as somebody like myself who focuses on that, I can I can say, okay, I treat distance runners and CrossFit athletes and people that are active. I know I can get you better. Here's what we can do, and giving them that one-on-one attention, like you can do with your clients, I think it's it's a level of care that is seldom that people seldom get. Yeah. So I, that's why I, I I knew I wanted to have you on because I was like, <laughs> I, and, and the people I have on, it's typically that's what they want. They're like, because yeah. I've had all the trainers on, I'm like, they want to do things things differently than training at their Joe Schmo gym, um, and they want to do it on their own and say I can do this better. 
I guess it's a little bit of an ego thing, <laughs> but knowing that, hey, I want to get people better and give them the care that they deserve. And I knew that's what I knew just from talking with you on the phone. And that's why you, that's a part, at least a big part, or at least a part of why you started your own thing from seeing how it was done <laughs> prior to it. Um, but awesome, Lauren. Uh, so I think we've rambled on long enough. Um, so if someone wants to reach out to you, I know, what, what's your business called again? Uh, more Miles Run Coaching. You can find my website is moremilestogo.com. Um, or email is lauren at moremilestogo.com. Awesome. Super simple. Nice. And uh, so uh, Instagram too, right? What's your Instagram? Yeah, so my uh, the run coaching business is at moremilestogo or at moremilesruncoaching.com. Um, my personal Instagram is, is really about my own running journey and my own training. Um, if you're interested in that, that's at moremilestogo. That's it. <laughs> Very nice. So guys, if you're a, uh, a runner who's interested in having somebody coach them, right, getting used to, right, if you're new, doing 5Ks and 10Ks, awesome. Or if you, hey, I want to expand into Ironmans and Ultras and Marathons, Half Marathons, as I'm doing the Gettysburg Half Marathon this weekend, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but I think Lauren is a fantastic coach, and she also, this is something that I have a big issue with, but she actually preaches, um, how do I say this, teaches what she preaches. Right, she actually, did I say it the wrong way? Practice, Practice what she preaches. I'm like, what am I doing? So basically, she runs, she, she's a runner, right? You do half marathons, have you done ultras? Yeah, yeah. Ultras, are, ultras are my baby, that's yep. my love, so, and ultras. Right, she's not just some coach who's telling you to do things, she right, she practices what she preaches, it's, I'm a big fan of that myself. Um, so that's why I, I highly recommend, hey, if you're a distance runner, go see Lauren, she's a great coach. Thank you, I really um, that. Guys, thanks for listening, and uh, I will catch you next time. Hey, wait a minute, guys. I just wanted to say thanks for listening to the podcast today. And if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support this podcast, please share this with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram and tag Alpha Project Physio so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from me, please follow Alpha Project Physio on Instagram and Facebook and then subscribe to the Alpha Project newsletter at www.alphaprojectphysio.com. See you guys next time.